You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Welcome to Local to Legends Podcast with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. and welcome to another episode of Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and I am on the road right now with my co-host, my wife, and fellow wrestling fan, Rose Jackson. Hello, everybody. And we are traveling on Highway 65, heading towards Bowling Green, trying to get back to Alabama from our long, long journey. <laughs> Coming back from Chicago. Uh, you need to exaggerate long oh my God. journey. Oh, my God. I see why everybody else flew now. Jeez. Um, yeah. Uh, total, we for this trip, you would say, um, how many hours? 13? Oh, God. Yeah. At least. At least. Okay. Uh, the, on the way over, <laughs> we split it into two. Um, we drove, because Rosie worked part of the day, so we drove over to Louisville, spent the night, got up. Uh, Thursday morning, drove from Louisville on to Chicago, got there around one-ish, and that's when the festivities kicked off, and we've been going ever since. Uh, even though some of you I know have seen on Facebook, you know, where we went, and we've ate Chicago-style pizza, and we've been eating this and that, we've eaten less overall on this trip than we have, and I don't know when. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I don't even, we didn't even eat dinner last night. No, we had no dinner uh, I Maybe had a, a snack till we got to the hotel. I had a Twix, a Twix, and a, <coughs> a and a beef jerky, uh, yeah. a, a kick-ass uh, beef snack. Since I had that left over from the last um, shout out to Dan, <laughs> the last uh, uh, New South show I bought him at. So yeah, yeah. Thank God for that, or I wouldn't have ate. <laughs> thank you, CMD, or she was she might have starved. Last I might have starved to death. So, but more on the more on the eating and such uh, on the Starcast portion of uh, this week's episodes but this one we're going to talk about all in so you know months ago uh, Dave Meltzer made an offhand comment that you know an indie show couldn't sell out a 10,000 seat arena and Cody Rhodes took exception to that got together with the Young Bucks all in the the concept was formed uh, they went and decided to do it in Chicago at the Sears Center, and as everybody knows, they put the tickets on sale. Ten thousand seat arena sold out in thirty minutes. That was back around what March? March. Uh, yeah. So all that happened in March, and in the mean, and that was sold out in thirty minutes with no matches advertised. Only a handful of names had been mentioned. Of course, the Bullet Club, uh, Okada, uh, just very few. That was, that was actually, you know solidly booked at that point sold out and we've been building towards this now for months 
and the payoff was last night at the Sears Center in Chicago and we got to we got to be a part of it at one point we didn't think we were going to be we, we couldn't get tickets that day but we did manage to buy a couple of tickets and had pretty good seats right yeah the seats were kind of they were awesome I thought um, right next to the commentary booth you could you could still hear the commentators you know going we over were, the matches we and five rows up off the floor in the riser section and in my opinion and I don't know how many of you have, have went to big arena shows for anything uh, wrestling or otherwise but if you're not in the first three to four rows you need to be in the risers because anything farther back than that you ain't seeing shit but the back of people's heads when they stand up every few minutes yeah and, and i can tell you from experience at ring of honor uh, shows <laughs> when we don't get front row we are not happy people i mean even at second row yeah. and third row and then there's been an occasion where we've even got fourth row and we've been like, no, never again. If we can't get front row, we're not going. I mean, we're either not just... going, or we're going to get riser seats. <laughs> yeah, uh, we learned that that hard lesson. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we got there, and you know, I thought, man, doors open at four. We, we the Uber dropped us off at like four o two, and I thought, man, ten thousand people. Uh, the first, the show, the the television portion of it, which was on WGN Zero Hour, I guess they called it, uh, was going to start at five. And I'm like, we will be lucky if our asses hit the seat before this show starts at five o'clock. Took us what, four minutes? Five? <laughs> yeah, maybe? four, four or five minutes to get from where the Uber dropped us off through the door and ticket scanned. I mean, I have to give them props, man. They had their stuff together. They were, <laughs> they searched you, patted you down, scanned you down, and got you in. Now, the merch line was another, uh, whole nother question, though, because it was lined up from the door all the way around, and we went and got our seats, thought about it. I thought, well, it'll die down a little bit, and uh, you actually got up and went before the show started, and it was still lined up, and so I thought, okay, first match happens, everybody's going to run get in their seat, and I can go to the merch table, get us a shirt, whatever, you know. Um, no, that was not the case. <laughs> no. I, I stood in line through the first, pretty stood, much the whole yeah, first zero line, hour. You stood in line through the whole zero hour and three quarters of the very first match on the show. Did you catch the end of Matt Cross? And... Um, yeah, I did, yeah, okay. I, I so, did yeah. catch the end of that, that match, uh, but I, di I didn't get to see. I seen Flip Gordon in the battle roll. You yeah. know, I seen that uh, because they had TV set up you know outside where you could you know still stand in line but see what was going on so you know every now and then i'd look over and see who who was coming in going out you know that type of thing and so the the first the very first match of the show uh which was for the zero hour was scu frankie kazarian and scorpio sky against the briscoe brothers and the crowd was, oh my God, SEU was over like crazy. I mean, the fans went nuts when they come out. Uh, they had their uh, Scorpio dressed as Apollo Creed and, and Kazarian dressed like Rocky, which was pretty pretty fun. Um, and, and the people who, uh, and I know a lot of these people love the Briscoes because they're that huge line at Starcast, but the, the fans played their role accordingly and they got the heel reaction when they, when they came out. And had a great match, and it was really, really a great way to kick off the whole show and set the pace, you know, those two teams. And uh, SCU got the win there, which, you know, the crowd loved, obviously. 
And then, you know, we had a couple of promos. They showed the build-up for the Cody and uh, Nick Aldis match. And, um, gosh, I don't remember what else. But it eventually brought us to the Battle Royal, where the winner would receive a, an ROH title shot against Jay Lethal on the actual pay-per-view. Now, the guys, these guys did a great job building this pay-per-view, and I think that's one thing that gets overlooked in all this, is typically nowadays, pay-per-view gets announced, and within three to four weeks, the show happens. So you got three to four weeks to build a freaking pay-per-view. These guys have been doing this since March, and some of it's been subtle, some of it's been obvious, but, you know, ever since March, including the, the press conference the day the tickets have been on sale, Flip Gordon's been trying to get booked on All In, and they won't book him. And he had a couple of different opportunities to win matches, and, and he lost through you know, one means or another. And so Flip was not booked. Uh, he was part of the Pro Wrestling Tees Flips All Out <laughs> yeah. pre-show party in the parking lot and all that. And uh, the Battle Royal, which I think had 20-ish participants in it, uh, we'll run down a few of them as best I remember, and you can keep throw it in you remember seeing. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see anything other than Flip the Gordon. Finish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, alright, so I want to forget some people, but I'm going to run down the ones that come to mind. There was uh, Moose, Brian Cage, Colt Cabana, Jimmy Jacobs, uh, Billy Gunn, his son, uh, Austin Gunn, I think is his name, uh, Marco Stunt, Bully Ray, uh, Colt Cabana, um, gosh, Hurricane was in, Punishment Martinez, um, No Virgil. No Virgil. No Virgil. I that meant to ask rumored. you that. Yes, he was rumored I, I totally... to be in it and was not, no, was not there. <laughs> oh, I, so, guess, I guess he got his feelings hurt because they wouldn't let him come to StarCast. I guess so. Yeah. So, yeah, no Virgil in the Battle Royal. Um, nobody asked for a refund, surprisingly. So <laughs> I was lucky on their part. Yeah. Um, but anyway, as I start talking about some of it, I may remember a few other names. But one of the last people to come, oh, Rocky Romero was in it. And then oh. uh, Chico, who some people may or may not know, is a masked luchador, often portrayed by Rocky Romero. So even though you had Rocky Romero in the Battle Royal, mysteriously, Chico was there as well. And before the battle roll even got started, there was a fight broke out on the floor, and Bully Ray powerbombed Chico through a table. So for the rest of this battle roll, Chico was laid across that table out on the floor, but he had never been in the battle roll, so he wasn't eliminated. He was just knocked out. So there was a lot of fun spots in the battle royal. Uh, little Marco stunt, who a lot of people that listen to this podcast are, are aware of. He's wrestled in EPW and a lot of promotions in Mississippi and, and across uh, Missouri and Tennessee and Arkansas and he's the uh, CCW champion for uh, Jason the Brain up there in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Um, really, really stood out in this battle royal. He got a spot where uh, he, he eliminated Moose and uh, got a spot in on Brian Cage which the crowd popped for huge and uh, eventually was tossed out by Bully Ray, which got Bully Ray a lot of heat. And uh, a couple of good spots for Colt Cabana in there. Uh, at one point, Jimmy Jacobs kissed Billy Gunn, which infuriated him to the point that he hurled Jimmy out to the floor. And then Jimmy Jacobs tweeted today that he had, 
day and uh, uh, burn his face was burned from the stubble on Billy Gunn from the kiss last night so he was wearing his princess dress the whole get up out there uh, but eventually it came down to oh yeah Jordan Grace I think's the chick's name uh, she was getting up in Brian Cage's face and had some spots and everybody was talking about the day and eventually she bowed up on Bully Ray which would end up being her undoing but before that uh, her and Cole Cabana did the what's up spot with uh, her coming off the top row with a headbutt while uh, Cole, Cole Cabana held Bully Ray's legs in place and did the big diving headbutt onto his nuts and that got a huge pop from the crowd before she got tossed out and then eventually uh, Cole got eliminated and then mysteriously Chico comes in eliminates Bully Ray the mask comes off and lo and behold it's Flip Gordon oh my god he's finally booked and he's going to challenge Jay Lethal for the ROH Championship. So that was a really cool deal. And, it, and you know, who knows? I know that was the design. It might have got a few more people to go ahead and buy it at the last minute going, oh, shit, we got to see Flip on all in. So that was the lead in. Yeah, because I was starting to feel bad for poor little Flip. I was like, <laughs> that's mean. not fair, man. They were like, pretty mean about him. Yeah, they were being awfully mean to him. Like, you're not booked. You're not booked. You know, I'm just like, oh, that's so mean. And they were making fun of him because Cody's dog was booked for StarCast. And, and he Flip wasn't was booked, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and oddly enough, you didn't see him at StarCast either. No, so he did not He appear. did not make an appearance. So, you know, I, I was like, man, that ain't right. <laughs> and again, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it as we get down through the show. It was well-crafted. And a lot of things, like I said, some subtle and some not, have played out over the last few months that really came together, you know, over the course of the show. And you can kind of see where they had been building to it all this time. So that brought us to the main show. Now you had, like you said, we were next to the commentary booth. You had Excalibur from PWG. You had Ian Riccoboni, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. Um, uh, from ROH. And then you had Don Callis, formerly known as Cyrus in ECW, uh, as the heel announcer from, I guess, now Impact is where he mainly works. So and he, and he was hilarious. Over yeah, there. we could hear him <laughs> over there where we were at. He was, he was pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of cool being there because, A, we could hear a lot of the commentary and we could see their monitor. Yeah. So sometimes we could kind of see what was going on before everybody yeah, else. Yeah, because where we were sitting, even though it was cool to see the entrances where we were, you could feel the, the heat off the pyro. Oh, yes. And uh, all that good stuff. I mean, we were close enough to where they walked out that you could, you know, could see everything was really nice and lit up. And, you know, the pyro would go up and it was awesome. But it, it had the way they had it designed, the set design, there was one big panel that was right in our viewing area of the big mega screen they had set up to see the ring. Yeah. And when people stood up to our left, you couldn't see the ring very well. So you had to turn to the so right. So you had to turn to the right to look at the screen, but yet you had this big panel was right in the middle of it. So uh, you could kind of see half of it. So to, you know, to see their screen down there helped that a lot. Exactly. Now, where we were sitting, you could see directly backstage and you could see the staircase which went up to the stage so 
you seen everybody right before they were about to come out, but then also if there was about to be a run-in or things like that, you you seen he was about to come like we saw or, Cole Cabana standing <laughs> at the bottom. Well, we'll get to the other one later. <laughs> but we saw Cole Cabana standing at the bottom of the stage waiting to run in for his spot. But anyway. Um, uh, or you see a, a person in a penis outfit. <laughs> yeah, you can see a line of uh, penises. Before you're supposed to see them. Getting and, ready to. And I'm. We're like, uh, is that a dude dressed in a penis suit? And then like, no, uh, it's eight dudes dressed yeah, it's in penis eight suits dudes. or six, however many. Yeah, was. I think it was like eight. We'll get to, we'll get to <laughs> yeah, that in we'll a moment to too. But um, so the first match on the actual all-in pay-per-view uh, was Matt Cross against MJF, which is something something Freeman. I don't remember what the first. I'm sorry, I don't, I've only. I've only known of him for a brief time on MLW, so I haven't got to. to I, I know it, I keep wanting to say Morgan, but I know that's not. <laughs> I know that's not Morgan no, J. Freeman. It's not. it's not right. But anyway, um, seems like it's Maxwell. Max, yeah, something. Maxwell James Freeman, maybe. Yeah, I don't the, know, something. But. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's got a um, almost Alberto Del Rio kind of gimmick. Thing. Yeah, he's like he scar Cracker feet. Del Rio. Yeah, he's like Cracker Del Rio, um, or he could be Matt Taven with a scarf. Yes. I mean, I, I kind of got that assumption standing in the hallway uh, in meet and greet lines. Yeah. Starcast. We'll, so. we'll go into that for the Starcast <laughs> yeah. portion of this because yeah. yeah, he was he was playing his heel character in line pretty well. But yeah. so you only caught about half of that match. Now, for those who yeah. don't know. I'm sure most people do, but for those who don't, Matt Cross, a.k.a. Lucha Underground Son of Havoc with the mask, um, also uh, M-Dog 20 from the old Backyard Wrestling videos from way back when in the late 90s, uh, you know, M-Dog 20 and Matt Prohibition, or Josh Prohibition, I'm sorry. Uh, he used to wrestle in a hockey mask, was in those backyard wrestling videos that they showed the commercials for all the time, and then he even did a couple of uh, JCW shows. So. <laughs> and we had just watched one recently, so that was kind of fun to see where he was. And I think they said that show was, what, 2003? 2003. Uh -huh. And then to see him uh, 15 years later, wasn't, doesn't that make you feel old? Uh, yeah. Uh, it does. See him on pay per view. Um, against uh, this young guy MJF they had a good match what was your overall take of it um I thought it was pretty good from what I've seen I mean I'm a pretty huge fan of Matt Cross I like his work in Lucha Underground a son of havoc so it's I liked it it was a good match it it, it wasn't necessary like they didn't really yeah, I mean, need they to didn't add a match it. to the I mean, pay-per-view but it it was a good opener it was a good it was a good and, opener and, and if anything I would have left it to be um one of the matches that they should have had on zero hour you yeah. know, I mean, I don't think I would have had that as, you know. I mean, you really the, could have thrown the Briscoes on the pay-per-view against uh, yeah. SCU. And, yeah, to me, I would have swapped those out. But, but it, it, like I say, it, that match really fired. I don't know that the crowd would have been as fired up if that would have opened the whole night as much as that. Because, man, when SCU come out, they were rabid. Like, I did not yeah. realize how over those guys were. Until. I didn't either because, I mean, I mean, we watched Ring of Honor. And last we saw, and, they were the heel. And they, they were, were heels. They were well, heels. the Briscoes have been heels, too. But well, SCU yeah, but the Briscoes were, like, universally, like, you just, you like the Briscoes, whether they're heel well, or Well, yeah, usually even when they're heel, people are chanting yeah. man up and, you know, all that, and there wasn't any of that going on. And they didn't have, and I never really even thought about this until now, but they didn't have the uh, sheet metal over the railing 
that ROH has for all the slapping. The, the slapping, the, the noise. yeah. Which there's plenty of noise anyway, but it, I didn't, that didn't even occur to me until just now. But anyway. Um, now, this is where you're going to help me. Second match on the show. Was it Stephen Amell against uh, yes. Christopher Daniels, yes. right? Yes, yes, it was. Okay, so give me your take of that match. Well, Stephen Amell, um, most people know him from the CW show Arrow. Yeah. Of course, um, he's been he's been training. I have to say, from from the time we seen him come out and do the the thing on WWE during what SummerSlam, SummerSlam or something. SummerSlam two years ago, I think um, it was three. He's he's been doing some training and I thought it was good. I thought he did really good. I mean, he went through a table. He, I, he took a hell of a bump. I was uh, impressed. I mean, you know, the the internet smart asses that, you know, that always shit on everything had all their comments to make about it and, and you know, he didn't deserve to be in a spot like this and blah, blah, freaking blah. And I'm not a fan of Arrow. I don't watch any of that kind of stuff, but I was impressed with him. The guy was in great shape. He obviously, like you said, had been training a lot to do the spots they did and to do the table spot and all that. Um, this wasn't like one of those things like back in the 90s when Jay Leno would come wrestle or, you know, Carl Malone or whatever. Like, they, they put some work into him, and he's, oh, he's yeah. spent some time. And obviously, he cares, you know, about doing it and doing it well. And, and enjoys it. Yeah. I mean, because it's not like he has to do it. No, no I'm I mean, sure he is to do it because he needs the payday. Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I think it's, you know, something cool for him to do. And he likes, you know, he just likes, he's part of the Bullet Club. And I think so, him being on that show, obviously, did more for Cody and the Bucks and All In than All In did for him. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, he's doing them the favor, not the other way around. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, I, I was impressed with it. And... Chris Daniels won. The wrestler won. So, I don't know what there is to be salty about or to get, you know, pissed off about or he didn't deserve or whatever. They didn't make it the main event. He didn't win. But he worked hard and he put himself at huge risk. Not only the, uh, not only the table spot, but the, the, uh, uh, big springboard, you know, the drop kick across the ring. What do they call oh. that? Uh, uh, not around. I keep wanting to say around the world, but that's not no, what it's called. But it's uh, across sea to sea or something. Yeah, like uh, coast to coast. coast, coast. There, there you go. There you go. Coast yeah. to coast. Yeah. So I almost did. But anyway. Right, anyway, <laughs> look, we're running off like five God hours damn, sleep, so little, <laughs> we're little we're a little no sleep. And yeah, we're a little, since, little cynical and it's, delirious. It's eight o'clock at night. We've been driving <laughs> since ten thirty this morning. <laughs> yeah. So. so please forgive us if we're a little rambly. Uh, now, um, following that match, is that the NWA title match? Is that how early it went on? Um, I'm thinking it was because yeah. it, it lasted for a pretty good while. So, one of the most well-built angles on the show is uh, Cody challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA world title. Um, there's there's a lot of layers to that because, you know, they, they've set up the angle at, at the uh, press conference for All In, but then you've automatically got the built-in story of Dusty was NWA champion. If Cody could win the title, he'd be the first ever second-generation NWA champion. There's been brothers, the Briscoe brothers, the Funks, uh, held the NWA world title, but never a father and son. So you had that played into it. And then you layered in, uh, Cody had his team at ringside, you know, Dreamer, DDP, Glacier, um, 
a guy that I assume maybe was Brandy's dad just because he was the only black dude. That's, I don't mean that racist, but I just assume that maybe who he is. I, I, think, I think he was. <laughs> he didn't announce yeah. him. And I'm pretty sure I saw him in the lobby with her mom and her and her sister the night before. Yeah, I, uh, it was, it was but, anyway, <laughs> but anyway, it had Pharaoh the dog out there. And then so uh, Nick had Jeff Jarrett, uh, Tim Storm, Samuel Shaw. And if you're asking yourself right now who the fuck Samuel Shaw, most everybody else was too. You can Google it. He's the guy who played a Dexter-type character briefly on TNA. Um direct message Leslie Jones if you want more information on that I'm sure he can tell you all about it yes because he is the uh, unless that was he's before, the four known just all <laughs> knowing unless that came before his fan guru of impact if that came so, back during the time when he swore that nobody on earth watched impact then oh wait nobody. yes it probably was there was a little yes, time yes that probably was that time he shit um, on impact now he loves it yeah he shit on it now he loves it we so won't, we won't spend anyway. a lot of time on that anyway anyway uh <laughs> Man, the crowd was up for this one. It really, really probably should have been the main event. Granted, um, I applaud Cody for realizing, okay, from a wrestling perspective, from a what these fans are looking for perspective, it wasn't going to be the spectacle of a match that the Young Bucks are going to put on or Kenny Omega is going to put on. But with the storyline behind it and the time they had put into it and, you know, trying to get over the NWA title, the reaction that the crowd gave once he won, uh, it probably would have been better to end the night on that. But I understand what he, you know, from a booking perspective, why they did it that way. Uh, they, they had the, uh, the spot halfway through or a little farther than halfway through where Cody got busted open and DDP ran out to check on him. And the fans started chanting yoga. Yeah. <laughs> TDP yoga yeah. or whatever the chant was. Like yoga was going to come out and cure him. Uh, and then, uh, not Sanjay Dutt, but uh, Sean Devari come out and got a diamond cutter, which popped the crowd. And it was really cool and really smart on their part, the way they layered in things with the legends. You know, they had Animal come out in the opening. And, you know, then they had DDP come out and diamond cut Devari. So it was, you know, it was it was pretty pretty well done as far as, you know, layering in stuff like that. But oh my god, the finish, the reaction was crazy. Yeah, um I'm telling you, man, there there wasn't too many people in that place that didn't want Cody to win that. Yeah, oh, I mean no. I'd say there's maybe five people in there that was rooting for Maybe and they Nick weren't Aldis. saying they weren't saying anything. They were just yeah, they were just they sitting were there. If they were the crowd was solidly behind him. It was it was, yeah. pretty, it was pretty amazing. I think I seen somebody crying when he he. They were there were. I mean there were people crying were. and it was it was like I said because of the way they built it. Yeah, and you could see it on Cody's face. It meant a lot to him to win did, the belt yeah. that his father was you know known for winning. Um, you could tell that on a, it really was an emotional thing for him, and uh, it, it was it was it was a moment. It was one of those things. We're like, wow, it's cool to be here for this. Yeah. You know, it really is something special. And uh, one other thing to mention in there, one thing that impressed me, it was one of those like, oh, holy shit moments. Is his wife Brandy, who was at ringside, who has just recently recovered from uh, like broken shoulder or just you know, something with a rotator cuff but anyway she had to have surgery and has been out of wrestling for months 
Uh, they did a spot where Nick Aldis is on the top rope and she runs and lays over Cody and he just drives a freaking elbow into her. <laughs> it looked rough as hell. Man, I and think, they replayed it. It looks even rougher than you thought the first time. I thought time. some of them guys in the front row was fixing to jump the barricade when, yeah. he, when he did that. I was like, whoa, that's, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that was some heat right there. If he didn't yeah. have heat before, yeah. once he elbow dropped, look, I got, I got to give him that. I, I'm, I'm not a very uh, big fan of Nick Aldis, but I, I got to give him some credit for that right there because that was some straight up, heel straight shit. up heel shit right there. Yeah, and if the crowd weren't, it wasn't solid <laughs> against him. They were after that. Yeah, they were. But um, apparently, she was okay. Did she come back out with Flip later, and she was celebrating? during the, the win but uh but again you know i looked at rosie after it was over with i'm like well where do you go from there like how do you how do you top that or even you know try to equal that um but they had a plan <laughs> they went yeah. uh well wait a minute did and again i'm my memory is horrible did we go from cody to the women's match the or, women's match okay so there was the yes. women's match okay before the before the street fight, yes, they had a four way women's match. Um, God, let me try to get this right. You had Madison Rain, uh, Chelsea Green, Tessa Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard, and who was the fourth? Britt Baker. Britt Baker, Adam Cole's girlfriend. Yeah, who's a dentist? Who's <laughs> apparently a dentist? Who's a dentist and apparently wrestles on the weekends. The guys uh, behind us. They were filling us in. Uh, we're quite amused. <laughs> First of all, they were quite amused that Brett Baker was coming out to Adam Cole's old theme music. They pointed that out yeah, immediately. Yeah. And then they were carrying on through the match about how she's a dentist. But uh, <laughs> you know, Rosie not being she, a, could, she could break your she could knock her teeth out and put them back in. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, and then they were like, and then she's getting paid both times. She's getting paid to knock them out and then getting paid. To yeah, them it. dudes. Them dudes are pretty funny. They're yeah, there's some guys from, from New, New York. York. <laughs> uh, who, who, between Don Callis's commentary and their running commentary, yeah, we, were, was, we were quite amused. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But uh, you know, I know you're not a fan of women's matches, but I was pretty impressed with it. Like since the last time that I had saw Tessa Blanchard wrestle live was at WrestleCade against Rachel Ellering uh, a couple of years ago, and. It was kind of, you know, she was learning, but she was kind of sloppy, and the shit was kind of weak. Most of it was kind of weak looking. A few she's, things. she's stiffened up. A few things missed all over. My God, uh, she was rattling people's teeth last night, and everything she did looked really solid. And I know she's like the Impact Women's Champion now, and she's really over on there. And again, I'm sure Leslie can tell you all about it. But I was, I was impressed with the match in general. Chelsea Green's character. Yeah, I liked her character. It's, I thought it was very different. Yeah. Very different. Like, she's doing a whole Jekyll and Hyde thing. Right, right. Like, she's total, like, one side she's all normal, and the next side she's crazy. And it's just, it's like she she played off that. It, yeah, she does, crazy. It, she does yeah. it well. Um, I, 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 like, I see some of the stuff she put up, you know, she puts on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Like I said, I don't really watch the show, but mm -hmm. some of the stuff she puts on there is really, really good. And, She's, she's Zack Ryder's girlfriend, so she's got an in. She got a tryout with WWE last month, and so I don't know where that went or if it's going to go anywhere or she's signed to TNA for a certain amount of time. But I feel like uh, one way or another she'll end up in WWE in due time. So, uh, But it was a good match, and the sad thing was 
Uh, they did a really good job building up to the finish, and the referee blew the three count. It was one of those one, two, uh, three, you know, and so the crowd was up, 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 and then he botched the three count, and the crowd was down, and then it was the finish, and everybody's just kind of like, uh. And so I felt bad for all four of those girls because they, they really worked hard and the referee botched up the finish and it kind of got a lukewarm reaction because they weren't really sure if the match was over or if it was going to continue or, yeah. or what. So that was kind of you know disappointing for them. But all in all, it was a good match. And uh, then from there, the Chicago Street Fight. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So tell us about the video pack. Well, no pun intended. The video package that they showed um, uh, leading into this. Well, I don't know if you've watched them. I've watched a few of them. The the being the elite YouTube videos. I've seen some. Okay. Yeah. Well, a couple of months ago, uh, I can't remember how many, uh, but apparently, you know, Joey Ryan's huge in Japan and here, you know, with his dong style thing. Yeah. yeah right? right. So. You know, they shot all these little videos while in Japan. You know, the Bullet Club, um, Adam Co Adam Page, and Joey Ryan, and, you know, the Young Bucks. And so, apparently, Adam Page is getting jealous because Joey Ryan's, you know, everybody's like, Oh, Joey Ryan, his magical dong, you know, blah, 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 blah. And all the wrestlers, he's flipping them, you know, and, it's, yeah. you know, he's all powerful, you know, and all that. So, Adam Page is getting a little, little jealous. So... He, he's you can see it's building resentment and like you know hostility like each video they do and then apparently he just can't take anymore and he, he kills him he beats him with like <laughs> he a beats phone him with a something. phone yeah he beats him and strangles him with a phone and ends up killing him well he's he's like he shows this video he's oh he can't sleep at night he's seeing things his boots are talking to him you know it's like crazy and he's like everybody's started to get suspicious that he's killed Joey Ryan because you know they, they have these videos like hey man where's Joey Ryan hey where's Joey and he's like I don't know I don't know and then he knows he's killed him yeah. his guilt's getting to him so he's he's wrestling Joey Janela in this match and they're street fighting and all this and um you know supposedly Joey Ryan's a ghost you know, at this point, like yeah, so they're advertising him for Starcast. Yeah, the ghost of ghost Joey, Joey Ryan, and, 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 yeah. and so you know, we knew he was. You know, we actually met him. And they show they show this video of him during that video she's talking about. They show there's like one clip they keep cutting to where his face is bloody and he's laying like he's laying in his bed. And his face is bloody. And you see the bloody telephone and the cord and all that next to him. I only mention that because it'll come into play later when they show the yeah, you know, but anyway. the resurrection. But now this was so before we get into the, all the Joey Ryan stuff, um, I've seen very little of Joey Janela. I've seen uh, his best friends interview with Chuck Taylor and Trent, and I've seen uh, two or three of his matches from uh, CZW just online, and I've seen like his match he had at this year's WrestleCon. Had you seen any of Joey Janela before he walked out on no. the stage last night? No. Okay. I have not. So he, he's kind of a, a thing now. Like he's caught on. Uh, he's got like these Joey Janela spring break matches he puts on during uh, WrestleMania weekend for like the last two or three years. And he books like he books some weird people like 
Joey Janela is kind of where this whole PCO thing started out. He booked PCO because he thought it'd be funny, like, hey, the pirate guy, you know, whatever. And so he booked him, and PCO did a bunch of weird shit, and it kind of sprang off into what we see now, which we'll talk about during StarCast episode. Um, but he, he, he's, he'll bring in, like, weird people, like that poster we saw yesterday at StarCast, like this most recent one. He booked, like, Hakushi and Ming and, like, just, you know, weird folks. Um, but last night, he really impressed me. Like, and he's got this chick with him, I assume, is his legit girlfriend, Penelope, Penelope yeah. um, who surprised me with some of the spots she did. Yeah, she actually um, whooped up. Yeah, Adam Page's ass just Adam a little Page bit. Adam Page is a pretty big old boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she she made it look real for what she did. Yeah, so what was did. your take on what was your take on them as a pair coming out of this? Um, I thought they worked uh, really well. I thought it was a good match. I mean, really, it was a really really good match. They took some hellacious bumps. Yeah, I think I, mean, they, I think they probably surprised some people. The people who aren't just. Uh, well, for lack of a better term, all in to Bullet Club and really, you know, like, the ones who just kind of in passing know, you know, the Young Bucks and Cody and maybe even Marty Skrull, but kind of have slept on, you know, Hangman Page and don't really know Joey Janela. I'm sure they were quite surprised at how good this match was, but as far as the fans in the Sears Center... He got a hell of a reaction when he come out. Yeah, as he did. did Hangman Page when he came out. Of course, you know they're chanting "You killed Joey" at him. Yeah. But everybody, and that was one of the things like I mentioned on the Facebook video today, where people are having fun with it. Okay, nobody thinks he really killed Joey Ryan, and they don't need to think that. They, no, and we know Joey Ryan's not really dead. Like I you mean, said, we had our picture made with Joey Ryan earlier that day. I mean, and um, he signs autographs the ghost of Joey Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's got ghostly Joey Ryan pictures made up. I mean, it's just all fun. It, it's it, fun. Exactly. exactly. It's not killing the business. Nobody there wanted their money back when they realized Joey Ryan wasn't really dead. Uh, everybody was having fun with it, and it just added an extra dimension to this match. Rather than having your regular old wrestling street fight, they're mad at each other, and they're going to throw down. It just added another fun angle to the match, you know. But goddamn, Joey Janela took some horrendous bumps. That fucking power bomb off the stage through the what should have been two tables, but ended up being one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, you wondered if he was going to get up from that, and, uh, and all the craziness with the barrel and the, the know, cracker barrel, cracker barrel, barrel. <laughs> yeah, and all that. yeah, uh, yeah. It was that was a really really good match, and um, damn the finish. The, yeah, damn the finish, man. I'm telling you, I thought he killed him on that ladder. Hangman, I, hangman's finish, where he hangs him over his back and does the drop down like a pile driver. The way he positions him. It, it, it either can look completely phony because their head's nowhere near the mat or it looks like he kills them. There's no middle ground. And doing that off a ladder through a table is risky as shit. Like, props to Joey Janela to be willing to take that because uh, it's there's no way to protect him. He's protecting himself and kind of just hoping for the best, but there's no way for Adam Page to protect him jumping off that ladder the way that move's designed. It's just not. It's crazy to see that as a finish. But, uh, you know, he got the win, and 
and now you can pick up from there what we started seeing as Adam Page is celebrating his win in the ring this is the first moment where the lights go out and you explain what we were seeing off stage right <laughs> yeah um well that's when i started realizing the guys behind us from new york started saying there's a dude in a penis suit and i thought what are they talking about and i look over there and i see one of them i'm like uh what is what and then so you know the, the lights go out and come back on and here comes all these dudes in dick, the dick druids is what the new york guys were called <laughs> yeah dick, dick druids and it was kind of like an undertaker-ish theme like they come out <laughs> and you know they're standing there and of course adam page is losing his shit because he's like holy shit goes to joey ron he's yeah. coming to get me because i killed him and there's all these dudes and dicks just standing there you know and all of a sudden boom there's music here comes joey ron and he comes out he's got his sucker He's alive. He's got a pink members only jacket. He's got on. his pink members only jacket People on. People are losing their They are losing mind. their shit, right? <laughs> he comes in the ring, pours the fucking oil all over him, down his pants. He's got his sucker. You know, I mean it's 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 awesome. It was awesome. And then he, <laughs> Sleazy and then he, awesome. And then he grabs Adam Page's hand and where does he put it? <laughs> on his dick. Right on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> which he then proceeds to pump up as he does uh, if i just acted out in the car like you can see me on the fucking podcast pumps it up flips him lays him out and the crowd goes wild it and sticks the sucker in his it mouth it sticks the sucker in his mouth for good measure man and <laughs> anybody who says that moves killing the business there were ten thousand people in chicago Look, last night that would disagree wholeheartedly i'm telling you that say what you want about joey ron that man right there, he's a genius. He is a humble genius. Yeah. He's, he a, he's the nicest guy. Like, you expect he's going to be like an egotistical scumbag when you meet him, like it's a real piece of shit. That is the nicest freaking dude so I've ever nice. met in wrestling. Like, such yes. a nice guy. Polite. Yes. Nice. Yes. Very, very nice. I mean, just like come up to the table. Hey, guys, how you doing? What's your name? Where y'all from? And just, I mean, just, I mean, God, and you man, think, you and never you, know. And you think never any man he is about to say, you know, do you know about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Like, exactly. He sounds like exactly. he seems like he would be coming to, you He's know, get sell you, to, you a Bible. Yeah, to get you to come to church and say your Bible, not go out and flip people with his penis. But, exactly. You know, such is wrestling. But that was fun, and the crowd, like I say, the crowd ate it up, and there was. Just reaction after reaction, where we looked at each other, and it's like, well, how are they going to top that? Jesus, what yeah. can you do? To, what can you what do? What are you going to do, do now? <laughs> so, um, coming out of that, that'd be the ROH title match, right? Uh, yeah, with uh, Flip Gordon so, and Jay Lethal. So Flip Gordon comes out, and everybody's happy. Flip finally got booked, and they're chanting along with his music, "Flip, flip, flip," and then all of a sudden. Pomp and Circumstance plays, and here comes Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, who we've not seen as Black Machismo in years. years now, followed by none other than the genius Lanny Poffo. And again, the crowd loses their shit. It was awesome. Um, the only thing, the only thing I think could have added to it that I think was sorely missing is, is there was no mic work from Jay Lethal at all. Like. 
and he does a dead-on savage. He does a dead-on flare as well, which I love. Well, they had showed a. a they did show a little. They showed vignette. a little video before yeah. that, you know, kind of explaining hinted. yeah that, what happened. It's um, what it was like. Lanny slapped him on the arm, and it yeah, him Lanny into a Lanny slapped him on one of the shoulders, and it turned him into black machismo all yeah. of a sudden, and yeah. he starts doing, oh yeah, you know, and yeah. all that, and, and, then, and then somebody slaps him, and he goes back to jail. Yeah, because he, he slapped him, and he went to Savage. Yeah. And for some reason that wasn't explained, um, Flip had Brandy Rhodes out with him, and so Black Machismo. Well, was he had her out there because she's been behind him the whole time. Oh, she's been she's, pushing for she's him been look. trying to tell Cody let let Flip on the show. This oh, is terrible. Okay. Let him on the show. I and so, you. yeah, that's why she was out there. She's like the only person out of them that's been behind. Oh, you can okay. do it, Flip. You can do it. And she was secretly going around going, it's okay, Flip. We'll get you on there. We'll get you on there. And then, oh, okay. Exactly. See, I've, missed, I've missed a lot Yeah, of that's, that's, right, that's, well, what, that that's what that then. was. <laughs> okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, so Black Machismo is treating Brandy like Elizabeth. At one point, he throws, it, throws her up on his shoulder like... Savage did Elizabeth at the end of WrestleMania 4 when he won the championship and carried her around the ring. And so when he finally let her down, she slapped him on the shoulder and he goes back to being Jay Lethal. And he wrestles the match as Jay Lethal. And because up to that point, before before she slapped him on the shoulder, he was doing all the Macho Man spots, you know. Yeah, the all the mannerisms, which he does dead on. It's fucking dead amazing. On. Um, and so towards the end, he's getting ready to do his normal finish. And uh, Lanny gets up on the apron and is pointing to the top rope. And Jay looks kind of indifferent. So, of course, Lanny chops him on the shoulder. Boom, Black Machismo's back. And we get three top rope elbow drops. <laughs> and then he gets smacked and does a lethal injection. And does, that's it. Yeah, that, that does it in. And he, he yeah. defends the championship and, against Flip. And I have to say, man, Jay Lethal, you know, we've met Jay Lethal. We've watched him for years. I, I love Jay Lethal. I, oh, yeah. I loved him back in the TNA days, you know, when he did the Black Machismo. He was my favorite. You know, I, I mean, I've always thought he was a stellar, stellar out athlete. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I watched him back in the early Ring of Honor days yeah, before the, the TNA, early, early. you know, like when he was first starting out. And, and, man, that lethal injection he does is dead on. And, and it's every time I see him do it, it's just like amazing to me that he does that. Because the if he there does was it. ever a move that lends itself to being botched, that's that's, that's the move. It. I've never seen him botch it not one time. Nope. Um, so that was cool to get to see that match, and it and it was like I say, it was well received. You know, the and it was cool because like Jay Lethal against Flip Gordon for the ROH title would have would have been over, and it would have got a good reaction. But adding. The, the black machismo aspect to it and having Lanny out there. And just, that was such a surprise for us yeah, because just, we, we just thought it was going to be like, you know, Jay Lethal. And, and Jay Lethal was awesome when he comes out. You know, his entrance oh, yeah. and his, his robe he comes out in and his look and everything's awesome. But to see him come out as black machismo, I thought that was something I'd never get to see live. Yeah, I, I mean, I really didn't think he would do it again. You yeah. know, every once in a while he would slip in before the elbow drop, you know, he would do the little finger, you know, motion or a little subtle thing. Like when we saw him in uh, Spartanburg, you know, he did that right before he jumped off the top rope. Yeah. But get to see him in the full, <laughs> the full gear and the whole bit was was really cool. So that was fun, which then led into, oh uh, gosh, um, let's see, that was the. Um, that would have been Okada and. 
Oh yeah, Okada uh, and Marty. Well, wait a minute. Now, no. was, was Kenny Omega before Okada, right? Um, no, Okada was before Omega. I think Kenny Omega was before Okada. It was like Kenny Omega, Penta, then Okada and uh, 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 Marty, and then the six man. The six right? man. Yes. Okay. Okay. So okay. next up, you got. Uh, Penta L Zero, Pentagon Junior, Penta, Penta L Ohm, Penta whatever you prefer. Um, I'm just gonna call him Pentagon. Yeah, so, <laughs> so he comes out and everybody's <laughs> chanting that. I can't say it right, so I'll let Rosie say it. Yeah, he, um, he doesn't speak the Espanol yeah, as good as the Rosie. Lived in Alberville for several years, just didn't pick up the language. C C Senior, plus Yes, S A. So. He comes out, and the crowd goes wild, but then the cleaner, Kenny Omega, comes out, and the crowd goes even more wild. Man, and to see Kenny Omega's entrance live, dude, I, that was awesome for me, because, like, I mean, we, we've only seen Kenny Omega, like, I mean, we've been watching him for a long time. Yeah. Like, we watched him back on, when we watched the Omega Wrestling, Was he, he was on that with, um, Matt Hardy and them, right? No. No, that wasn't no. Kenny Omega? No, no, no. Wait, he wasn't on that? there. Um, I'm thinking we used to watch him on something no, like that. No, but we've seen him on some old, uh, gosh, I don't remember what it was, but it, it was it was really old stuff, like before he even went to WWE, uh, you know, in the, the developmental or any of that stuff, but... Um, I don't remember. But we we've seen him on a lot of New Japan anyway. stuff in recent in recent times. Yeah, and a handful and, of Ring of Honor shows. Well, done. yeah, and a handful of Ring of Honor shows. But I mean, to see his him come out live and do his you know whole thing and all that just was. Yeah, I mean, was this awesome. is one of those dream matches that if yeah. you were gonna if you were gonna book a show and be like, okay, well here's a you know here's a pile of money and what indie dream match would you like to see? Uh, me personally, Kenny Omega against Pentagon's pretty pretty high. Pretty good, up there. pretty um, good, because Pentagon is really good. I mean, we we've seen oh, him, yeah. we've, we've seen him wrestle in several different live different matches. Live shows. And we've seen him and him and Phoenix wrestle the Young Phoenix, Bucks at PWG is just yeah. crazy good every time and just. Uh, I mean, the we watch him on, on MLW. We watch it, yeah, on MLW uh, and. That's so, that's awesome. So this was this was a match that everybody was excited about, and us especially. And so it was like Kenny Omega and Pentagon's greatest hits. I mean, they hit all the stuff you want to see these guys do. They did it. Um, but the fun part, and this is you know again I kind of mentioned it on that video earlier the day, but this is this is one of those deals where it's proof that. You don't have to a good match and a, a match that a crowd's going to be into and invest themselves in doesn't have to be a standard heel versus babyface. Nope. When Pentagon did something cool, they cheered him. When Kenny Omega did something cool, they cheered him. When Pentagon would do the fucking you know the Cerro Mero or whatever in his face, they would say it along with him, even though they lo obviously love Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah, there was more Kenny Omega shirts uh, God, than yes. Young Buck we, shirts around. You know, I we mean, were in a line of about 300 people to, to meet him that morning yeah. in StarCast, which we'll talk more about later. But uh, incredible match. Like I said, anything you would have wanted to see in that match, you saw it. Uh, even, you know, Pentagon even broke his arm. I'll do the air quotes that you can't see. Broke his arm. 
<laughs> Which always kills me when he breaks people's arm and that's not the finish, and then they end up doing more shit. But yeah, they, and his arm's rest- not broke. It's, yeah, it's wrestling, so you know. Fair but everybody, enough. everybody loves it. It's just like yeah. just like Marty Scroll when he does his finger he break thing. Their fingers. Everybody, shh, everybody goes quiet. I mean, yeah. the whole place. Ten thousand people go silent, and then crack. You know, oh, and everybody goes crazy. Just like when he breaks their arms, they do the same yeah, thing. Everybody gets quiet. And everybody gets quiet, and then crack. <laughs> and, and, and everybody uh, goes crazy. And freaking Don Callis over there. Oh my God! He's broke, broke his arm. arm. <laughs> so, so it got dead quiet, and the only thing you hear in this entire arena is Don Callis screaming on commentary, which was an awesome effect. I mean, 10,000 people <laughs> stopped. You could hear a just pin drop. Like nothing. I mean, and that's crazy. That's crazy. So, you know, Kenny Omega gets the win, and that's to be expected. Anybody who, any of the assholes that got online today, oh, Kenny Omega should have won. Fuck you. Kenny Omega should have won. It was a Bullet Club show. It was all in. Who else is going to win besides Kenny Omega? There's nothing wrong with that. But Kenny Omega wins. The lights go out. Now, I had said to Rosie a few minutes prior, because we had met the firing squad uh, at StarCast, so we knew they were in town, and that's been the angle in New Japan, is the firing squad has now turned on the rest of the Bullet Club and went rogue. Hence the upside-down wolf pack. Yes. Yes. So, I told Rosie, I'm like, I'm guessing, and for those who don't know, the, the firing squad is Haku, who's back in wrestling now, and his two sons are wrestling, who are big stars in New Japan, and have been for a couple, three, four years now. Uh, Tama Tonga and Tonga... Loya. Loya. I'm not good at saying their names either, but, uh, so I'm like, they're going to hit the ring sometime tonight. So, when the lights went out, we're standing there. Everybody's hollering, and I'm like, okay, when the lights come on, Kenny Omega is going to be surrounded by, by the, the firing, firing squad, squad, obviously. So then the lights come back on, and now there's Pentagon, and he's getting up off the mat. And I was like, well, okay, Pentagon's just going to jump him again. I'm like, or he's going to be focused on Pentagon, and the firing squad are going to hit the ring because some guys ran past us. And so guys ran past us, and we were pretty sure that's who they were, the firing squad. So we're looking for that, and that's Pentagon. And all of a sudden, the New York guys by us, oh, my God, that's Chris Jericho. I'm like, what? I look at your resident, go, do you think that's Chris Jericho? She's like, I don't know. And he runs across the ring and gives him a freaking code breaker. And, hey, Rosie doesn't sell shit in wrestling shows. Any of you wrestlers that have been and worked a match in front of her, you know that. I don't typically sell a whole lot at wrestling shows. We just kind of sit there and watch. Not to be dicks. It's just we're just not reactive. When he hit that code breaker, I squealed like a fucking bitch. I was yelled at the top of my lungs. It was the coolest <laughs> me and you shit. Both, me and you both did. It was the coolest shit we I've ever did. seen live. And when he pulled that mask off, it all happened again. That is the loudest reaction I have ever seen. Or heard it was it was crazy, but it was so yeah, man, that, that so was... fucking cool because like I watched yeah. the video when he did it in Japan uh, and attacked him over there and pulled the mask off. And I forgot what character he was dressed like, but uh, that was cool. But to see it in person and he, I mean, aside from the tattoos, he looked just like freaking Pentagon. He did. I mean, he, he did. had the, he had his he face took painted. his mask off. He took it. He took the shirt off and had his Jewish shirt on under it. Is awesome. <laughs> Awesome. It was the best. Like anybody who like I've seen that this morning, somebody put on like cult of kayfabe or one of those goddamn things, 
But the reveal was kind of disappointing. And Jericho came back disappointing. and Because Jericho responded to him. Uh, but I was like, if you thought that was disappointing, if you fuck didn't think you that was dude. cool, fuck you, find a new hobby. <laughs> I mean, that was tremendous. That was tremendous, man. Every, was. And what was great, like I said, everybody loved Kenny Omega. They popped for everything Kenny Omega did. But when he attacked Kenny Omega and took the mask off, everybody I mean, that was the shit. loudest 10,000 people in that None place. of us, when we walked into that building that night, thought we were going to see fucking Chris Jericho at All In. Yeah. I mean, uh, nobody, nobody, because he was doing a show out in Kansas. Yes, if you looked at his, because a couple months ago, everybody, when they knew the Jericho cruise was coming up and all the Bullet Club's going to be out, like, I bet you Jericho's going to get booked for all in. And then when you looked at the Fozzie schedule, you're like, well, no, they're in freaking Kansas that night. There's no way. And so, Mug showed up at 5.30, from what, I, what he told on his Instagram, he showed up at 5.30, got dressed up like Pentagon, hidden in an office, Ran straight to the ring, did his spot, went straight out the back door, went to the airport, got on a private plane and fly, you know, flew straight to Kansas, went straight on stage as he cleaned the makeup off in the car. That's some freaking dedication right there. So, I don't know. That, to me, it made the whole damn show to me, which it, I loved all of it. But that, oh, my God. I, I still, when I think about it, like, that is so cool. And we got to see that. That is just the best. Yeah, because, I mean, all the years that I've watched wrestling and, um, you know, everything, I mean, seeing him WCW days and, you know, WWE and it's Up like... to the whole you made the list. Uh, yeah, the you made the our, list you know, run. Our favorite wrestler, Kevin Owens. Everything. And, it's like, you just don't think you're going to see Chris Jericho and things like that. Yeah. I mean, you just don't expect it. And even, even though that he did the one um, Alpha Omega... You know, yeah. thing, angle, you, you thought, you know, okay, well, that's just, he's got too much going on. He's not wrestling anymore. He's got this whole band. Rock, yeah. He's living this rock band style. He's not going to be messing with that now. And it's just, I don't know. It was just a shocker. It was very shocking. And like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I'm in the moment for this. I am live and there watching it. That that was the coolest thing. I mean, we weren't watching that on pay-per-view at home. No, we were We there. were there. As so that and, that was a tremendous and it's, and it's brilliant because awesome. if we had the vacation time and the money i so would want to go on the jericho cruise to see that match with him and kenny omega oh and, god yes you know experience that whole thing yes. i know it's gonna be crazy but you know we can't because we, we've already well, got everything spoken for but, yeah we, we do <laughs> but you know anyway it was very cool to be there and so and then from there <coughs> they went into the Marty Skrull versus Okada match. Um, to me, it's like the battle of the two greatest entrances on the independence. Uh, you know, Marty Skrull has a super cool entrance, I think. Super cool look. Um, yeah, the look, the music, everything. And, and he did and he did a little bit before in the back, a little vignette that was making fun of all the shit the dirt sheet riders had been saying leading up to it. He, he broke their fingers before he went out there, which yeah. is just funny because the production guys had been at StarCast all weekend. Yeah, and, and you can say what you want about Marty Skrull. You can say, you know, that oh, it's just, you know, it's his gimmick. He can't wrestle, and that's just this and that. But man, when he threw the chicken wing on Okada, oh. then people lost their shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, a chicken wing. I mean, he, he makes it work. Anybody who has followed his career in the least 
That guy can wrestle. He God can. Damn. I mean, matches we've seen. I mean, we've seen him wrestle. PWG and Will, some of his stuff. Will Ospreay. I yeah. mean, shit. Some of the matches he had with him. And then, uh, I mean, God, the PWG matches with everybody. I mean, I'm, the guy can wrestle his can ass wrestle. off, but he's smart enough to, he's realized it's not all about that. No, he, it's not. He has learned to interject the character and the it's, fun stuff. And that's yeah. why he's over is because of all that stuff. And, man... The, way, the, the match with Okada was a bit long, and when word on the street is it was longer than it was supposed to be, and that's why the main event got cut short, and I don't know if he got any heat for that or not, but it was longer than it really needed to be. But the the series at the end of the match was, was pretty amazing. Like you said, when he slapped that chicken wing on Okada when he gave him the Rainmaker, uh, to pull out the all-in umbrella to block the rainmaker <laughs> yeah, at one point. And it said all out. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> that was awesome. That was, uh, that was all great stuff. And, and getting to see Okada, man, he's... I mean, that's like the... the and this is, people are going to shit on this comparison, but I just mean from a star power perspective. It's like the John Cena of Japan coming to work an indie show in America. Yeah. Because he he's had that sort of longevity. I'm not comparing his work rate or any of that shit. I'm just saying from a longevity as being a top star and a champion in Japan, that's the level he's on. And so for him to come over there and, and wrestle with Marty Skrull was a very big deal for the, the show and for Marty Skrull as well. And uh, they made Marty look really good. Nobody expected him to win because of the stature of Okada. Because everybody would roll their eyes and go like, oh, yeah, Cody was just putting over their buddies. But he came out looking good. They had a great match, and it, it led well into the main event. And let me just say, to see Okada's entrance live, <laughs> man. I mean, I started seeing little little uh, streamer flakes fall during yeah, the match before like early. and so i'm like oh man they're gonna make it rain in here and you're like you think i'm like they're gonna make it rain in here i know it i know this and um you know because i seen the little glitter things coming down and sure enough man i mean it was a sea of just confetti his okada dollars it, everything man and i wished i could have grabbed one but they they didn't fly close enough to where we were yeah um I mean, that was just to see that live was just amazing. Because you know, only seeing that on TV, watching New Japan, yeah. you know, is the only time you see that. And it's like you just don't get the same feeling of what is that like to see that, to to be there and be in the presence of that. So I don't. I mean, I just can't. I can't even really describe the feeling for that. But it, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was. I you know. When I saw where our seats were, I'm like, you know, we're not close to the ring, but we get a good view of the ring. But hot damn, we're going to get a damn good view of, the, of, of uh, Marty Skrull and Okada's entrances. And we did. It was really cool. Yeah. And so, you know, the main event, uh, because of the show running long, uh, probably wasn't everything they wanted it to be. It certainly wasn't, you know, the length of time they probably wanted it to be. But it, it served its purpose. I mean, God bless Ray Phoenix is one of the most just amazing athletes out there like the things that guy can do in the ring and the high spots he can do it's just it's, it's unreal it really is I and mean, we've seen him 
we've seen tons of his stuff on DVD and on, you know, Well, we've online, seen him live. But I seeing mean, him, you know, we saw him in Nashville at Arrow Lucha, and then we saw him last night. It's just some of the shit he does just defies... Gravity. You know, gravity and reason that he can do it. And, man, you know, there was a time here a couple of years ago where Ray's knees were really bad, and he was kind of... You know, he wasn't the same Ray Mysterio, and, and you you know, you got to understand it at his age and, and the stuff he's done. But, you know, he's dropped a bunch of weight, and I guess he's had some surgeries on his knees. And, man, like, some of the stuff he did in Nashville when we saw him and some of the stuff he was doing last night in Chicago, it's like the Ray Mysterio from 96, 97 and ECW yep. and WCW. Um it's crazy. And he came, gosh, and he, he's getting up around our age. And he came out in the little Wolverine costume. <laughs> Everybody popped for the Wolverine. Man. The guys behind like, whoa, he's fucking Wolverine. Like, they were really. Like, I mean, he, he doesn't come out in those outfits unless it's like WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that that was cool to see him pull that out for all in. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't one of his typical um, outfits. But, you know, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting hoarse. Yeah, Bandito, I wasn't uh, real familiar with before, but God, he he was impressive last night. Yeah, he was. Um, and then, you know, we haven't even mentioned uh, to get to see Kota Ibushi. You know, was was a rare thing. You know, it's not like he wrestles in the states a lot that much. You know, we had seen him in that uh, cruiserweight classic tournament. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago, and that's where we kind of first really became aware of him, and then started following him in Japan and tagging with Kenny Omega and all that and uh, man the amount of star power in that you know in that main event was uh, pretty crazy and it's it's six guys that I don't know in any other venue you're going to get those guys against each other you know you might see the Young Bucks against Ray Phoenix and Pentagon out in California for PWG you know you might I, I don't know when you'd ever see Ibushi and Rey Mysterio against each other and I don't know that the Young Bucks have ever faced Rey Mysterio, to my knowledge, anywhere. Maybe they have, and I just didn't know about it. But uh, a lot of firsts in that match. And, and I know they were working under a time constraint. And I know after the show, uh, you know, Matt Jackson said that they ended the match with three seconds left on the pay-per-view. Yeah, <laughs> which they, is they cut it the closest they could have cut it. Because they actually went over... Uh, you know, on some of the matches, and it run that match three seconds to, to time to cut that the pay per view. That's crazy. That's that's closer than the ECW one night. You know, original ECW barely legal pay per view where the power died like you know, a minute after the show ended or whatever it was. But yeah, it was a, it was a good show. And then afterwards, now you you and I typically, when, especially when we go to like big shows at the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, and even when we used to go, I say, here in Nashville, because we're driving through it right now. Yeah, we actually just uh, passed but, it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we we typically, as the main events, heading to the crescendo of ending, we usually run out the door and get the hell out of there to beat the traffic, and there's usually people behind us, and if you watch any show, uh, you see people filing out. You know, as the main event's ending, or at least immediately as the bell is still ringing, people are running out of the building. Uh, that match ended last night, and 10,000 people were still standing there in the building uh, as the Young Bucks were in the ring, and Ray and Ray Phoenix and all them, and, and Ray grabbed the mic and, and put over the event, put over the Bucks and Cody and, and everything in the crowd for being there and all that good stuff. And then the Jacksons, not us, but Nick and Matt, 
I got on the got on the mic, and started talking, and then Cody came out, and uh, the Bucks family, you know, Papa Buck and that whole crew, and Brandy and all of them, they all come out, and everybody stayed until you know, and then eventually Hangman came out, uh, Kenny Omega came out, uh, Marty was you know curiously absent. I don't know what that was about, but uh, so, you know, they all spoke and. You know, Cody said a couple of things that, that you know rang very true, and I think kind of spoke for the whole night and kind of the whole um, you know feeling behind the whole event. You know, he said that you know last night proved having ten thousand people there and the success of that event proved that no one company and no one man owns professional wrestling. You know, everybody does, and obviously he's talking about WWE and Vince McMahon, uh, but it's true. You know, that was it uh, is true. Nobody outside of WWE has gone out and drawn that sort of a crowd um, since WCW, and they didn't draw a lot of big crowds like that towards the last two or three years. So it was it was it was it was cool to be a part of, and you know, like I said, they said a lot of uh, you know interesting things after it was over. They kind of alluded that there may be more based on the success of that. Uh, but my favorite thing about it was. They let Kenny Omega close it, and Kenny said some, you know, some you know, nice things about Cody and the Bucks and everybody and the fans. But he got to he got to do his closing that he always does at the end of the New Japan shows. So that was fun for everybody to hear that on the way out the door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Will, will there be another All In? I'm sure. It well, may I'm not sure be All will. In, but there will be another. But, Cody and the Young Young Bucks production, you can guarantee that. Oh, there will be. I mean, that that's probably a guaranteed thing, but, I mean... Will it be as successful? I, I don't know. Will um, Will anybody get to experience it the way we did unless they were there live? No. No, there's only going to be one first one. Only going to be one first one. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, we talked about this earlier while we were driving. You know, there's... A whole lot of rabbits they pulled out of the hat to make this work and they had months to make it work and there were so many people determined to help prove that it can be done but are people going to be that fired up to do it again or you know I, I don't know that we would be financially able or from a getting off work perspective it, it, you know we, if we could turn around and drive 12 13 14 hours to the next one or would we even be willing to? You know, I don't know. That's there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs there for them. But you know, there's no reason not to. Yeah. You know, they don't know if they don't try it again. So there's no reason not to do it. But um, it's it, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. Now the downside of that, and I don't mean to shit on anybody, uh, but now everybody and their brother. Are gonna, they're gonna think it's like field of dreams. Like if I book it, they'll come. Like everybody in their town is gonna go try to have the all-in of whatever. Insert your town's name here, and think they're gonna sell it out and pack it out and have their own version of this. I mean, you're already seeing it in some cases. Yeah, because the, the general there. idea at first, when it sold out, the, the 15 minutes that it sold out was, oh, when it gets time for the show, there'll be like thousands of empty seats. Yeah. That, you know, scalpers obviously bought all these tickets. 
and, and that was that was the thing that went around like there's no oh, yeah. way there's no possible way 10,000 people got online and bought these tickets you know that oh you know you're gonna get there it's gonna be half empty it's gonna be shit uh no every seat had an ass in it and here's the amazing part of that yes scalpers went and bought a majority of those tickets people wanted to go so badly people wanted to be there so badly they paid four and five times what the the ticket price was to buy those bootleg tickets to be there yeah because when you originally clicked on the site to buy our tickets it was like what 52 dollars a ticket for the ones we wanted for the, for the section we wanted for the yeah. section we wanted 52 dollars they ranged anywhere from which is pretty like close 25, to the section we actually sat in. It was 25 to what, like, maybe 75 yeah. The most expensive tickets were just a hair over $100. Yeah, maybe 100 That's for ringside. Yeah. And and so, you know, that's what the original costs were. Well, by the time you click the cart, they're gone because they were sold out. Yeah. So we, we initially did not get tickets at first. But through Other connections, <laughs> I'm just going to say connections you have uh we managed to get tickets in kind we, of around the section we that we wanted pay face value for and we, we did not pay face three value times each uh, yeah about three three times what we what the face, what the face value, value was. was um and hell let's just go just go ahead and tell them what you paid for i don't remember that's why i was <laughs> <laughs> it was collectively though between the two tickets it was, like, it was over three it was three hundred fifty dollars. It was one seventy five a piece. Yeah, I know I know yeah, what they were. It was one seventy five a piece for tickets that originally were like probably fifty bucks. Yeah, sixty bucks, fifty bucks. Yeah. So that that's what the tickets for all in cost us. And from where we sat, it was it was a good view. We got to see the ring, you could see the entrances, it was it was good, you know, it was very good. Which I don't think many people in there had a bad seat the way they had it set up. No, there wasn't really um, a bad seat. Now some there. of the upper levels, I can't say that for them because man, there. they were high up you there. Could see, you were just a far you know, Yeah, you were just away. a little far away. Um But I mean it, it that it just it was an amazing thing to see all those people there because I mean it, it, I, I was skeptical I thought you know hey when we get there it's probably half these people ain't gonna fill in here look at all those empty seats there but by the time you know the matches started and everybody filed in just about all the seats were full oh, um, yeah. and I mean we had like maybe one on our row that didn't have somebody in it because we at first thought we were gonna have like three empty seats next to us yeah. and then the, boom here come these people sitting in you know yeah. coming down so, you know, it's like they filed in a little late, but they, they got there, you know? And I think that showed a lot of people that, hey, maybe if my field of, you know, my field of dreams, I book it, they'll come. That's not necessarily going to be your what, case. What you guys have got to understand, if, if that's your, you know, that's your thing, is, hey, we're just going to go, we're going to go, you know, book this building and, and we're going to hope we fill it out and all that. Yeah, these guys hit a home run and they made money. Oh yeah, but they did. these guys put at least—and this is just purely speculation—but just knowing what I know about cost of buildings and all the talent involved on it, these guys put up no less than a quarter of a million dollars on the front end to to, to get this thing going. That if the thing hadn't have sold out, they would have lost their ass. You know, I mean, and possibly more than that. But I guarantee you, they just to get this thing going, to get that building, to get everybody, 
booked, I guarantee you these guys had to take a quarter of a million dollars of their own money and put it up. To, yeah, to, well, I mean, to, that, that's been said. I mean, because it was said that it wasn't just Cody Rhodes' money. No, I mean... It was it, the Bucks. The Bucks put... It the, was these, Marty's. It was it was all of them, Well, you know? it, it, as far as... From what they say, financially, it was Cody and the Bucks' money. You know, Marty and them helped with everything. But as far as finance, the financial stake, the reason the three, pe- the three people you see on the all-in poster is Cody and the Young Bucks, because it is their money that was at stake for this thing. Everybody else helped, but they they financially you know bared the brunt of it. So you know if you're going to do this, then you better have some goddamn money to throw down and, and be willing to wager because you can't just go book a building, go book a bunch of guys, and then hope it hope it does well, and then when it doesn't, be like, oh sorry, I thought it was going to be like all in. It's, it's not going to be. Well, I mean. Plus the match, the people, the people they have connections with to have the matches they had. I mean, you you got to bring something special to the table to well, get it to be an all-in. Not to mention show. they had the backing. I mean, yeah, Cody and them put the money up, but they they knew they had the production of Ring of Honor. Yep. Ring of Honor was going to provide their production crew, their you know staff, and most and for the most part, they had the back. You know the the. I don't know about financial backing, but just the backing of New Japan as far as providing talent for them. Because it was a big draw. I mean, a big part of the reason I was willing to drive from Alabama to Chicago, where in the hell else are you going to see Okado and Kenny Omega and Ibushi and a lot of the guys that you saw? You can't, you're not just going to go see them anywhere. I mean, I'm talking about no matter where you're willing to get in the car and drive, they're not just showing up just any damn where. Hell no! You, you just you. And not for those to, ticket prices. No, not for those ticket prices. I mean, you'd have we would have to book a flight to Japan. Yeah. We'd have to go to a new Japan show. Or at show. the very least, book a flight out to California for these house shows that are down there. But the prices for those tickets are astronomical, and they're selling out in little. I mean, fucking Ring of Honor and New Japan sold out Madison Square Garden in what thirty minutes or an hour or it's whatever like the hell. Thirty minutes, something, or something. crazy. And I promise you, those tickets, those tickets weren't even what we paid for hours. No, they were three no. times that. At least. They were way more, way more than that. So, I'm not being negative. I'm not shitting on anybody, but I'm just saying, be realistic, guys. You can't just throw a bunch of the same bunch of local guys that hasn't been drawing on a card and, and and treat it like it's the. You know the Alabama or Mississippi or Tennessee all in. Yeah, because it wasn't just it wasn't just marketing that sold their seats. It wasn't it wasn't their catchy little. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like month like a couple of months throwing out flyers no. or posters or you know running a TV ad during Raw or anything like that. No. It it wasn't that. They they built this over several months. And they used months and used, used their the, fan base. They used the resources of Ring of Honor yep. to help build their fan base because if you if you guys look, every Ring of Honor show that's happened in the last year to year and a half, Cody and the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull and Adam Page have all been the meet and greet people at all these shows. They have been cultivating fans. And, and gaining support. And that's what, you know, we talked about this earlier. Those guys have been masters at, you know, 
bringing the fans into it, making them feel a part of something, making them feel like, you know, and that's what they did with All In. Well, yeah, because you know? at the end of it, with all those people, st- I mean, there wasn't a person that would have got up out of their seat and left while they were talking. No. I mean, that, I think in their mind, they thought that that would be fucking disrespectful to them to get up and walk away when they were standing there in the ring telling everybody how much they appreciated them for yeah. coming. It was, you know, it was, that was something to I see. I mean, that was a legit feeling, uh, you know, of people that was standing around us, you know, and you could see it on everybody's face. It was just like, I'm not moving. That, and, that, and, I'm not moving. And Cody and both of the Young Bucks were essentially like, hey, this isn't what we in this ring did. This is what everybody in this building did. You all did this. You know, this success of this show is because of everybody here. And it made everybody there feel good, you know. I mean, and so... They're going to go to the ends of the earth and try to continue to support well, them. Yeah, I mean, and you know that by seeing the, the numerous, numerous Bullet Club shirts. Hell, I, was, I had shit. one on. I had a I had a Bullet Club shirt on. 10,000 people, I, mean, I guarantee you 8,000 of them were wearing Bullet Club shirts. At it least. Was, it was astounding. Or, uh, and then they were snatching up all the merch. Oh, dude. Like, they made a killing just on merch. Like, that was crazy. Like, people couldn't. People were buying six and eight T-shirts at a time at like thirty dollars a piece and weren't batting a fucking eye. Like, didn't slow down. And they bought. They had. They at first they had shot glasses. They had pens. They had programs. They had posters. They had shirts. They had hoodies. They had uh, sweatshirts. They had hats, beanies, even little bears with uh, the all-in yeah. shirt on. And foam fingers, Marty's broken foam finger, which I have one. They, they and, could uh, have put all in on tampons and folks would have bought They would have bought them. I mean, dude, they were buying up everything they could snatch at that table. Time I got up there, I got us two shirts and a program. And that was 70 bucks, and that's just what I bought. So I can imagine these, these ones that had eight shirts and nine shirts, what that was coming to. Oh, there was God. a dude that I seen him go up above me. He had three or four posters he had a handful of pins and the pins were 10 bucks a piece yeah okay he probably had a hundred dollars in pins yeah and i'm talking about the little lapel pins right, not writing right. pins yeah, I got you. and uh so he, he had probably a hundred dollars in pins alone and then two posters which were probably 10 bucks 15 bucks a piece and then shirts i mean he had a stack of shirts he probably had five hundred dollars just crazy so the, the message, the message we're trying to give here, and again, I'm not trying to shit on anybody's dreams or anything like that, but I'm just saying, if you think you're going to go sell out the arena in your town, you better start working on it now to do it next year, because it's going to take months of work to do that. You're not just going to book a building and everybody's going to show up because yay wrestling, you know, so... Just, you know, hey, if you got the money and you're willing to put in the work, more power to you. Because, I mean, now's the time to strike while the, you know, while the iron's hot. But it's not going to happen just because you're going to have to be smart about it and go about it in the right way. But uh, I guess we'll tell the story very, very quickly of uh, after All In. So we're riding high. We come out of there. This was a hell of a show. We had a great time. It, it exceeded expectations. So now let's call the Uber and go back to the fucking hotel well, and you take it from here. Actually, it wasn't go back to the hotel. It was, hey, no, we're going to go get some dinner. We're going to go get some dinner. We're going to have a nice... We're going to go back to that nice little Portillo's place and, 
and have us a Chicago hot dog. You know, we're, we're gonna, it's gonna be an awesome night because we just got out of all in. We're feeling all warm and fuzzy and I'm out there. We walk down to the end of the thing where we think the Uber will pick us up at because they got half the roads blocked, letting people in and out because there's so much traffic. And I hit the app and boop, there's an Uber, $140. $140 to take me six minutes up the road. After we would have to wait 45 minutes yeah, for it to come. 45 minutes and it's starting to lightning outside. It's fixing to come a thunderstorm. Um, so, you know, you don't want to be outside, no cover, uh, and it lightning. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, look at this. Uh, I cannot find an Uber under $140 to come get us and I am not paying that. So, you know, and anybody that's used Uber, uh, if you click the app, uh, sometimes the price changes depending on who's closer to you and what, you know, you get to choose what size vehicle you want to ride in. You either get the carpool and you got to share that with other people. And I don't like that one because then you don't know who you're getting in the car with. And, um, you know, because not only is it the sketchy driver, it's the sketchy people he's picking up. Yeah. So... I always get the XL, the Uber XL, which is your own car, you know, and it's something like a sedan, you know, maybe like a Ford Escape, um, you know, we had a, a Nissan Rogue. Yeah, which we got a few different <coughs> stories we can tell during the StarCast portion. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've had some, I've, I've not really had a bad Uber experience, but I've had some that's been kind of, it probably could have been bad if I was by myself, so, <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, um, you know, so anyway, you know, I even, I've never used the luxury one, which, it, you know, it's, that one's never, you never find cars when it goes to search. There's hardly any of those. Because who in the hell drives a BMW or a Cadillac CTS or some shit like that's going to be doing Uber? I mean, they got money. They got a fancy car. They ain't going to be using it to haul people around. Yeah. So, I just, it says it's $46, okay? At this point, we're losing our shit because we have no car there, and we are so far away from the hotel at this point. Although, it's only about a 20-minute drive, it's far enough we can't... It's about can't, a two-hour, four-hour walk. It's about a four-hour walk, okay? It's through Chicago, yeah, okay? At, at, at 11 o'clock at night. Saturday night. So... You know, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So I'm like, okay, it shows that the luxury Uber, I can click it, it's 46 bucks. I'm fixing to pay it. I mean, I am just fixing to fucking pay it. And so I click it, it says it's searching, it can't find anything. So I'm, I'm freaking out. Gene gets on the phone. He's like, I'm like, I don't, I, I, like, we knew that some of our friends were there. Uh, Brian Trammell. Uh, actually came to All like, In. Brian Trammell's the only guy I knew for sure that was there. Yeah, he was the only one that we knew for sure was there that we could call and go, hey, dude, are you still here? I knew Cassio was there somewhere, but I, you know, I didn't know how to get a hold of him. I got his phone number, but I'm like, hey, dude, I'm gonna, can you give us a ride? Yeah. I, I knew mean, he was catching a ride with Conrad or whoever. Yeah, or, or they may have took the, the shuttle thing over from the hotel. I yeah. don't know, or they maybe had StarCast drivers or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, we, you know, we, we felt like we were fixing to be shit out of luck, you know, like, oh my God, we're fixing to start having to hoof it back to the, the hotel and hope to God we don't get struck by lightning, mugged, raped, killed, whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, he calls Brian and gets Brian on the phone and they had already left. Yeah, they had left early and it was already on the interstate back, halfway back to the other side of town. 
And I was like, well, all right, we'll, we'll figure something out, man. Don't worry about it. And uh, hung up. And at that point, I told you, I was like, fuck it. I don't care if it's $150. Just click a goddamn button. We got to get a ride back. And fuck going to eat. Just get us to the hotel. I don't give a shit. We just got to get to the hotel. So at that point, I'm fumbling with my phone trying to find the taxi service that StarCast had tweeted out two weeks ago was going to be available for... I think mostly to haul people to the hotel, back to the, you know, I mean, not the hotel, but back to the airport and shit during the day. And I was going to see if they were going to be available. And then in the midst of that, Brian called back and said they had turned around to come save us. And, uh, but they, like Rosie said, they had all the damn roads blocked off. You could not get to that place, which is why all these other people were losing their shit that were waiting on Ubers Man, and Uber there was like them. 200 people just like yeah. out there about crying because Which, you know, they I, could not get a I, ride I felt like we needed our asses kicked because I mean as we're walking I'm like okay so 10,000 motherfuckers are leaving and we know they didn't all drive obviously they're all going to be trying to get an Uber at Chicago at, 10, at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday like this is not our best fucking plan that we've ever had and so if i don't know what would have happened if brian and misty had to come back and got us because i mean last night at midnight i'm i'm cruising on twitter looking at some of those posts from starcast about the after party and there's dozens of people going well we would like to come to the after party if we could get away from the fucking arena we're still out here like they couldn't get rides like we passed people walking in their in their bullet club shirts walking towards the hotel so it was it was a mess and we learned a valuable fucking lesson we'll never count on trying to get an uber after a big event late at night because surprise there's not a lot of uber people out at 11 o'clock at night picking people up least of all 200 motherfuckers leaving a wrestling show well more than that i mean god <laughs> knows i mean 98 percent of the people that stayed at the hotel for starcast that went to all in left their cars there yes took because, nobody because they they had limited parking yeah and if you didn't and they were charging an ass ton to park in the damn sears parking lot too. yes 20 bucks a car to park in that parking lot so of course we ended up spending more than that just to get there but um I, yeah that was a goddamn fiasco they kind of put a damper on things but we finally got back to our hotel thanks to them and uh we were so just put out that like we was like fuck it we're not eating dinner we're going to bed so we just fucking went to bed and didn't eat dinner so we had we ate a big breakfast this morning because we were starving. But anyway, that that yeah. ends the that's the long extended version of all in from the Jacksons perspective. And uh, if you made it all the way through to the end, good job because it went way longer than we intended it to. Yeah, but you got a good recap of everything. You did. You get yeah. the whole the whole all in experience with your friends the Jacksons, and uh, we have made it through nashville and we're on our way we're probably about an hour and a half from coleman now and uh getting home to see our cats yay so that's it for this week thank you all for listening we're going to have another episode we'll put two episodes out this week we're going to have the other episodes going to be about starcast you can hear all about it there's some very interesting stories to go along with that uh so be sure and check that out and uh be sure and check out twinstateswrestling.com we've got some fun promos for twin states from uh starcast that you can check out very soon 
and tell your friends all about LocalSelections.com.